You are recording, right? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if I said go, it'd be like that. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I, 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 my click is like moments away from yours. I like literally half a second. Okay. I heard well, your click. that's good. That's good. Thank God for that. That's good. <laughs> that's a good way to sync things up. And of course, it's a good way to segue. Into our intro. So, everybody, welcome to episode 134 of the NPCs. Travis here, joined by Kyle as always. Hi, Kyle. What's up? What's up, indeed? I know a lot of people, of course, you know, or nobody can see this anyway, but uh, Kyle and I, just by some crazy random happenstance, are uh, both wearing our Lucio Overwatch hoodies because it's been raining a lot here uh, over the last couple of days. It's cold. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice, I got to say, because you don't have to shovel rain. You don't have to do that. I don't have to go put salt down for rain. All I could do is just, I know I'm getting to be an adult now because uh, we put down grass seed in our front yard because there's patches of our yard that are just dirt from the kids playing on them and from the ants taking it over. I now know that I'm an adult because I can go out there and get giddy about grass growing. I'm serious. I'm out there like I'm showing my wife. We had to run out and pick up something a little while ago. And I, I was showing her. It's like, look, look at all the, the patches of grass we're getting back. And of oh, course, she's just as excited as I am. <laughs> I'm old as shit, dude. Adulting. Oh, God. I know, right? That's that's the thing you get excited about. And then I have to be the old person, too, and tell my kids not to play on the lawn either. Kids, get off my fucking lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. It, it's just go play in the street. <laughs> just go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just be like yeah. it used to back in the day. Like if you're playing, you know. playing hockey out there, you got the goal set up. A car's coming by. You just yell "car," pull your stuff over to the side. Car. You're good. And go right back out again. Game on. Game on. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the Wayne's World reference to go with yeah. it too. So. So that that's been me adulting anyway, of course. I just it was it's just something that popped in my head, especially with the rain going on right now too, but I won't ever argue with it ever raining anyway. But uh we've had some games this week, of course. Uh have you beaten Village yet? No. Have you have you finished that? Um so I have progressed. Um the last time I talked I was coming up on the first chase scene. Um now I have actually defeated two of the sisters and uh Dimitsku Dimitsku Yeah, Dimitsku. Let's go with that. She she's coming after me quite often. Like I I I like to play with the volume really loud so I can at least hear the door close and you know, sometimes okay. um the music doesn't start right away, and at least, you know, I can hear the door, and I, I don't get surprised that often-ish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes she'll still scare you. She's real easy Those to horror juke, games. though. Well, good, good. Uh, but I was actually hearing her name is like, you don't even pronounce the U in there. It's like it's like Demi, Demi-Tresk or something like that, and the U is just silent. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Do they even say her Dimitri- name at all? Demetrius. Yeah, that sounds Yeah, it's like right. Demetrius or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the U is silent because the French right. are weird. Well, I, you know, you, you you try and pronounce it so many times, then when you find one, even if it's wrong and it sounds kind of right, you just go with it. <laughs> it it's stuck there. It's now the lexicon. It, yeah. is the, it is the known thing. Yeah, it's – yeah, that's why it's like you find it out. It's – it's like you I sit there Man- and you're repeating. I got Mandela effect for something that just came out. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. You know, Why when, not? when 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 you remember something incorrectly, 
but it like yeah. collectively people remember it incorrectly yeah yeah it's fortunately for us it's not just us but anyway okay so you're playing the game full volume yeah. just trying to make sure you catch all those um, little quips so you're not yeah, getting uh, jump scared I, I'm at a point now, it's just like, I feel like I go into an area and I'm just like, run, 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 run. Just try and catch as many things as I'm running past, trying to get to my location. Because I'm like, well, how much distance can I put between me and her before I have to try and lose her in a part of the mansion if I want to go back to the save? Because I made the mistake of leading her back to the save point. So oh, now she's just dear. wandering around in the front hall. So literally, you go in to save to try to give yourself a little bit of refuge, and she is just literally waiting to stomp on your ass out there. Well, kind of. Not not necessarily waiting, but she paces uh, up and down the uh, stairs and back and forth to the door and up all the way to the stairs. And then she, there's a like little passage hallway that's next to the save room, and she'll pace up and down that. So she's never too far. But she's easily outrunnable. Um, like I said, she's easy to juke. So it, it's not like she's terribly hard to get away from. It's just, I don't know. I It it, it does feel like one of those games that I, I really feel the need to have time to sit down and play. Like a good at least hour, you know, 40 minutes, something like that. It, if it, I have 10 minutes, there's no way I can sit down and play that because I'm not getting anything done. Because okay. by the time I even get halfway to the place I need to be, I need to turn around and go save again. And if that's the case, I've just wasted ammo and resources. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, but how much farther do you think you've actually made it in, like total hours-wise, from the last time? Because last um, time we talked, you were about, you think about an hour and a half in. How much farther no, do you think, I think you're I was in probably about. I, I think I was about 40 minutes in, actually. Oh, um, really? When, okay. Yeah, the first time. Uh, okay. now I'm, I want to say about two and a half, three hours in. So I think I'm probably about a fifth of the way through the game. Okay. Roughly. I was hearing, I was hearing it wasn't too long of a game. No, I, I, and I, I, I checked, uh, how long to beat and it, it said it only came in at about 10 and a half hours for a single playthrough. So, and of course it's a Resident Evil. I'm, I'm going to play it more than once, but. But uh, and was that was that time frame more of the conservative side of it, where it's just you're just pushing through just to do it. You're not doing anything extra or is there I even anything so. extra to actually do? Um, yes and no. There, There's, of course, like any Resident Evil game, if you hold on to certain collectibles that you could sell, um, apparently you can combine them or use them in a certain other location towards the end of the game that you can. Uh, get more money for them after you've done something to them. But, okay. you know, when you're going through on your first playthrough and you're getting impatient, just wanting to upgrade a weapon so you can have a little bit more power because it gets to a point where there are more enemies. And, you know, when when you're encountering like six of them, that, that's cool. You know, no problem. Three to five shots of ammo. Cool. But you want a little bit more power when all of a sudden it's like, six and then three more and then Demiscu shows up and then you know it's just going crazy because you got a smaller area to run around in and yeah they're just a little bit more to deal with okay okay yeah it i mean i know resident evil may not necessarily shy away from those little extras and things like that but i wouldn't mm -hmm. think of anything that would have you going too far off the beaten path because it it really is a a rather linear story, and Resident oh, Evils yeah. always have been. So it just yeah, seems like it I, wouldn't take you too far off of it. I imagine there's a few things like um the the whole lockpick thing. Like they give you one for free, and if you pre-ordered, you get one for free. But other than that, you have to find them, and there there are certain locations that you have to lockpick stuff. And like one of them was for for a collectible, um. Another one that I've lockpicked, it was just ammo. So I don't know if it was just, you know, a resource that you might have needed. And if you didn't need any resource, you just got treasure or what. So. Okay. Okay, very cool. But and hmm. that that definitely goes back to say that there is backtracking that you, you can do. 
Um, I don't know if you go back to the village. I imagine you do because I, I never found the hand crank. And I'm assuming that's something you had to have from the castle to go back to the village and use the hand crank on, on the different stuff. Unless maybe I just didn't find it. So mm. might be worth it. You know, if you still don't find it later on, I, I wouldn't really call it cheating in that way, but go and look at a walkthrough or a guide or something like that, just to see mm-hmm. at least at that point in time. And then maybe that is the case. Maybe it is supposed to be that way, or maybe it's more so supposed to be that thing that sits in your head that makes you wonder if you were even supposed to go back in the first place. Like it's supposed to be like a tease or something that there could be something here, but the game is not built to allow you to go back. Right. Right. That would be that would be a neat little way just to mess with people, especially those who are so ingrained into Resident Evil and expect so many of those different little puzzles, different little access methods, you know, mm-hmm. for them to see that and be like, huh, you can't do that. You ain't coming back there now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I imagine you have to because it seems like that's going to be the way out, um, at least away from the castle or back to. Um, one of the other family members. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Uh, so besides Resident Evil, I know we got another game here. We we've both been playing and we'll talk about. But has there been anything else at least on your side? Um. Shoot, not really. I mean, we got to play some Titanfall, but that's not the one we were really getting at. Um. No, Titanfall. Yeah. Titanfall. Again, I I gotta say. And I can't say this enough because I've been talking to people about this at work, especially those who have, I know it's weird to say, have only just kind of discovered Game Pass, Mm -hmm. especially now that EA plays in there, is that Titanfall 2 for a five-year-old game still looks really good. Yeah, it really does. It's it's, it's bizarre that it still looks so good. Yeah. Like, it it plays better than Call of Duty. Maybe people are going to hate that, but... Uh, I I feel like the movement, the the just pace of the game, it plays like Call of Duty wants to, but it just can't make it. It's it's like they should make a Titanfall battle royale that we might enjoy. You know, if they have something like that, hmm, I'm trying to trying to think of what it could be. Hmm, they could probably call it something like Apex Legends or something. You know. Probably. Sure, that, that would probably be it, yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but I'll, it I'll would see be if I can get a hold of someone at If it had some, I don't know, pilots and titans in it, that, that would make my day. Yeah, that would be a good one, because if they made it, if they made it in a way that they teased you that there could be pilots and titans, and it had none of that, man, that would definitely make for a very awkward entry in the Titanfall series. <laughs> okay, uh, the sarcasm is just fucking destroying me. Um, you know, in all no, honesty, I, though, <laughs> if if they made another Titanfall game and it was strictly multiplayer and they supported it like they do Rainbow, yeah. I I would totally totally be down for it. I just I what I don't have a problem with Apex Legends. I don't, and it's one of the games that my kid plays every single day. It's something I just don't like, like I I can't stop hearing about from them. The thing, though, is that what gets to me about it is now that I finally have beaten the Titanfall 2 campaign this um, uh, just at the beginning of this year, Mm -hmm. the problem I have is that I really like the way pilots work. I like the way the Titans work. Give me that Mm -hmm. in a Battle Royale game. I mean, imagine throwing like even like a big team deathmatch of 50 on 50. With pilots and titans, you know, just everywhere. That's that's cool for a giant team deathmatch. Hell, even a giant team battle or a giant battle royale would be still cool, though, mm-hmm. anyway. But I digress. Just, yeah, Titanfall is Titanfall. Still looks absolutely gorgeous. And if you have not signed up for Game Pass yet and have not gotten EA Play yet, Jesus Christ, get on that. 15 yeah, where bucks are you? a month. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we're not being paid by Microsoft at EA to say that. It's just that cool to have it. Yeah, yeah. But turning the dial back a little bit here, of course, is the game that you and I have both started playing. I know you're Mm -hmm. definitely farther into it than I am right now. And that is Mass Effect Legendary Edition that dropped this last Friday. And I got to say, I'm actually surprised that they do 
essentially force you to play through the first Mass Effect before the other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, did what did you think of that? Um, As someone who you really know, hasn't played I didn't the actually others. check. Um, to be honest, I I was like, well, I've never played the first Mass Effect. I've started the second one and I've started the third one. Um, right. But that was on uh, a game checkout when I was on uh, working at GameStop, you know, so many, many, many years ago. Um, right. Yeah, I I hopped right into Mass Effect, and that's that's kind of where my prerogative was. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start it from the beginning. I know that you can carry your character through it. So I was like, you know, I'm going to live the whole story. Yeah, and the... I decided this time around to not go PC version because I have the Xbox Series X. I decided to go ahead and get that version because I played all three of the Mass Effects on Xbox 360. So I would much rather go ahead and continue that by playing them again on the Series X, especially because it's like it does for it does the 4K HDR. My gaming rig here is not necessarily built for that, but it it's the way I played Mass Effect. So I'd much rather stick that way. Um, But it is. I will say it is like that, though, is that the first Mass Effect is on there. And then for you to play the other two inside the Xbox uh, actual or the game case are Mm -hmm. two discs, a play disc and an install disc. And so I thought like there were no instructions right there. So I'm like, okay, I get this. I'll throw in the install disc first. Maybe it's because it is they're throwing everything at you. Maybe they really can't put it all onto one disc. So I put in the install disc and it's like, nope, you need the other one. So I threw in the other one. And sure enough, right there, Mass Effect 1, play or uninstall, and then there's Mass Effect 2 and 3 with the options just to install right off the plate, like right then and there with the play wow. disc. So I guess they, I guess it's like they probably won't hold you back necessarily from playing those, but they're really encouraging. It looks like more so to say, hey, play through the first one. Mm-hmm. and work your way there because i mean especially like you said the character creation be able to stagger and carry your character through all three games that's the way a lot of people are going to play i don't right. know of how many people are going to skip and go to two or go immediately and start with three or something but there might be a subset out there but no that, that's what i saw and that's why i was um that's why i was just asking you so very very interesting way of doing it bioware especially it's two discs though Especially on the hmm. Series X, that's just interesting. Eh, I don't know. Uh, you figure uh, Mass Effect is a pretty big game. So are two and three, and you 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 make them four K. Yeah, I I think it's going to take up a whole, whole lot more room. Agreed, and it, it definitely could. It's just it seems like you think for three Xbox three sixty games. I think even with the DLC included, it shouldn't necessarily be that that bad to require two discs. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe I'm just think not that. thinking too much because because one of the interesting things and I'm I, I'd have to really go back and read again because I knew I read something about it was that Mass Effect Three actually had a app you could download on your phone mm-hmm. that would help you with the military advancements of the Alliance versus. Um, the Reapers. And huh. as you were going, as you'd be going through the stuff on the app itself, it would actually help you in game. So you could sign back into the game and go and play. And your actual like battle map would have changed based on what happens in the application itself on your oh, phone. Kind of like, kind of like Assassin's Creed. Uh, they did that with black flag. Um, they had a really cool mobile app that it, it was a cheesy game, but um, it, it gave you in-game benefits. Yeah, it's just this one was more specific to the to the actual battle stuff, and I can't remember. Oh. I can't remember exactly how it worked. Like, I think it was kind of like you would select a, a point to defend or something, and it would just auto defend or auto attack a point. And depending on the strength of what you sent there, it's possible that you might be able to push your army farther ahead or something. So it wasn't one of those things you had to have the app open and stare at it all the time to make sure it happened. It was just more go in, select your few things and let it do its, uh, let it do its mm-hmm. thing until you were ready to hop back in the game. 
So they had to kind of adapt a bit for that for Mass Effect 3 because obviously the app is no longer supported and all of that connectivity just isn't there anymore either. Right. Yeah. Uh, But I guess the big question is how far in are you so far and uh, what are you thinking at least up until this point? Um, so I, I'm in the Citadel now. I just turned in the mission to basically accuse Saren of being a traitor. And now I'm scanning those, uh, I forgot what they're called. The observers, uh, or overseers. I, I don't remember the, the four legged things that are always at a computer and the, uh, the, um, like the elephant the elephant crossed with a walrus thing yeah with like spider legs yeah with the really like deep the deep monotone voices oh i don't even know if they talk they're like i said they're always at a computer and you like you just have to scan them because there's this scientist that wants you to scan him for him yeah yeah i remember that so i actually remember that side mission but yeah they do actually talk i think oh I, I'm not, I guess I haven't uh, talked to any of them. Yeah, there's a couple different spots that you will. Um, but, okay, so you're just doing that. So you're still on the Citadel. So you've only yeah. so far gone before the council, blamed Saren for the crime or for, for war crimes, essentially, and what he's doing. Right. Um, there was the whole Spectre promotion thing, I think, by that point in time, too, right? Uh, they've talked about it. I haven't gotten a promotion yet. Okay, I thought it might have already happened. Yeah, I thought I, it happened at that point, but maybe I'm mixing it up. I have to go track down a few different people right at this okay. point after I, while I'm doing the whole scanning the observers or whatever they're called. Um, okay. But uh, I remember – I do remember the elevator rides. They took a How long ass time. I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, the They actually have to make them longer at times. So if your characters are having a conversation, the conversations are actually longer than the elevator than the elevator ride is now. Congrats for us figuring out solid state drives. So right? yeah, they 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 actually have to Jesus increase Christ. the length of the the elevator ride at times just so your characters can finish a little conversation spiel that would normally be to fill up you know the entire load time. But it loads, like, in no time flat. Like, it would be faster almost, I would say. No, I'm sure it would be faster than if you got in an elevator and went down a floor in real life. Than if you went into the game and you went down ten floors, you'd just be there in the game. Okay. Maybe not just there, but yeah, it's... It, it's it it's reasonable. It, it feels real, but yeah, it it's not like it takes forever to get down one elevator shaft. You know, there, there's no minute and a half wait times. Right, because uh, that's one thing I was kind of curious about was what they had done there. They had always gone and teased saying they were going to be making a change to the way elevators work. That there would still be dialogue and stuff, but they made it seem like it wasn't going to be like that. So I'm a little disappointed that they didn't figure it out. But of course they're, they're remastering a game. They're not necessarily like remaking it. And so there's no real opportunity to like change the dialogue to say, this is how it should be. So yeah, now the elevator ride, if, if there is a conversation and it is a longer one, yeah, the, the, the conversation is going to cause the elevator ride to be just slightly longer. That's funny though. Still, that that's yeah. that they but actually. To, to be fair, I mean, they they want to keep it to the true content, so they're leaving everything oh. intact, even even dialogue that was just filler on elevator rides. All I imagine is just some sort of weird cyberpunk twenty seventy seven style glitch where you're actually in the elevator talking and like Garrus is talking to you or something, and the elevator actually keeps going not only past your floor but actually goes through the texture beneath and you actually end up like floating <laughs> out in like the skybox, just like the the elevator part is just carrying on still and you're still talking and then all of a sudden boom you just warp back up to where you're supposed to get off at the elevator. <laughs> that's all I that's all I really expect now. It's just that that's how they ended up doing it, but right. 
God damn it, Bioware. It, whatever, whatever. It's still, it's still whatever. Um, Man, though, okay. the graphics are insane. I are will you say, playing it in a full 4K? Uh, I'm playing it in 2K, unfortunately, because okay. I, I don't have a 4K monitor or TV. So, yeah, I'm stuck in 2K, but that's all right. You know, it, it's still really good fidelity. It's sharp. Um, I don't know. Like, I've seen videos comparing the graphics, and I know where there's a couple places that you being a fan and everything, you're going to go, whoa, what did they do? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it it looks amazing, I think. I, I think I, I'm right there with you. I'm playing it, of course, on the Series X, so with it being there in 4K HDR, it definitely does look good, but you can really still see the age of this game that they only had so much to work with, of course, because this mm-hmm. game was out in 2007, I think is when Mass Effect 1 released. Yeah, so that about right. you can you can see some things like with the facial animations and especially that the, the mouth movements when they're talking don't line up mm-hmm. properly with the dialogue. And you catch on to a lot of it. And I think maybe some of it is that we're spoiled by some of these higher tier games at least or i wouldn't even say higher tier but the games that have come out at least since then that have improved on um matching the dialogue with um with the actual mouth movements and stuff and you know a lot more motion capture like i was looking at how much motion capture was used for like resident evil village and obviously of course that's gonna be much better but you can really see how much of a product it was of its time uh for the styles and things and so it's just it's it's a little disassociating or uh yeah disassociating i think that's the word i want to use it it throws you off just a tiny bit Mm -hmm. um but i will say i did spend a little bit of time navigating around where i could in the uh normandy i'm only at the point now of where i just i haven't even left eden prime yet like i'm literally just that far in i did the character creation stuff um i'm just there at the beginning on eden prime i've already taken down a few geth um I got Ashley, of course, now working with me because my other guy died. So I'm not far in because I only picked it up mm-hmm. today. Um, but I will say walking around and seeing some of the the colors and the lighting and that, it definitely feels really good to see that again after not having played Mass Effect mm-hmm. for so long. And the level that they actually could go to for trying to get this up to 4K – you know, it's a good job on them to at least do what they could with it. I'm excited to see what two and three look like, especially because three released in 2013, I think 13 or 14. So oh, wow. that's, yeah. So it's going to be neat to see. No, yeah, it's probably about that. 2012. It was just before it was yeah, before was the Xbox say... one. So that'd be probably about 2012. I think it was, it, it was a couple years. It was a couple years before, I think, wasn't it? Well, to the internet we go. Let's see. Mass effect release dates. Uh, Let's see. Mass effect. The original one released on November 20th, 2007. And let's see. I'll just go to the video game. Let's see. Mass effect 2 was in 2010. And Mass Effect 3 was in 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah, so definitely, definitely, I wouldn't say, you know, it's a good spacing, I guess, between. Yeah, it was about a year, a year before the, the console launch. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so I, I got those dates mixed up in my head. I had to think about, like, events that happened at that time outside of just playing Mass Effect 3. So it's going to be good to see how those ones came across because, again, I think they did the best they could with this one, and it still does look pretty good. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad, though, at least that it has finally come out. I am – it did come with – I'm going to have to go order some merch, though, Kyle, because it did come with a 20% off coupon in the game case for the Bioware store. So I think I'm gonna have to go buy myself a Mass Effect hoodie or something like that. Oh, jeez. Or go buy, or if they still have it available, I'll see if I can find the N7 helmet. Oh man, wasn't that with the collector's edition of this one? 
that that was with the collector's edition. So if they have any still lingering around, maybe I can grab one. Oh, maybe. Think you'll be that lucky? Think you'll be that no, lucky? Absolutely not. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. You've seen my luck before. I'm never ever that lucky. <laughs> I'm never ever that lucky. Uh, but anything else on Mass Effect from you though? I mean, you, at least you're enjoying it though. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really enjoying it, but um, just kind of lost in the Citadel at this point, trying to find those uh, overseer dudes. Um, other than that, I not yeah nothing nothing really. I was really kind of shocked. You. I forgot that. Uh, what was it? Seth Green played the uh, voice of Joker. Yeah, that that is a little weird, isn't it? It's yeah, a little when you hear him come on, I'm crazy like, Whoa, when you hear it. Uh, that's uh that's Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I was going to ask you, it's a funny one because we're talking about like creatures and that anyway, like with Overseer. Uh, have you run into a Hanar yet? Uh, Hanar are the big pink jellyfish floating yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I just defended one uh, from like literally right before eating dinner and then hopping on. I defended one from one of the guards uh, that he was trying to preach or some crap, so I paid for a license for him. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking of. Okay. Yeah, it's just the way they talk. It's the way like their their voice just kind of like builds up like this one does not require your assistance. And, and they talk in the what is it the the third person? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. They're my favorite, I think just because of that. I don't know. I I could get I could get a little annoyed with those ones, I think. <laughs> Especially if they're if they're as preachy as the first one, but we'll see. <laughs> they they are. They they are a very religious race. And oh, so fun. as you come across more of them. But I don't think you really interact with them too much, though. I think there might be a couple side missions for them that you'll do. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of it all, they're very they're very low on the totem of who you actually interact with. Okay. So, okay, I just wanted to ask, because like I said, I think out of all the creatures in that one, I think Han are the goofiest, and I just like them for some weird reason. Yeah, no, I, like but, I said, I, I just paid for one's license so he could go preach on the street. <laughs> the religious jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for us, I guess that's been a light week, at least in video games, though. Um, just, mm-hmm. again, adulting. Stay off the grass you fucking kids um (laughs) i know i'm never gonna lift that one down um but uh circling around here of course to uh some of the news that we talked about this week um going kind of through the stuff that we looked at for uh what we talked about in the news live stream on friday and the open critic podcast from friday morning Mm -hmm. um there's one story here that we talked about and it kind of goes back to who we talked about last week and how they're positioning themselves for the future Um, And what this means, I think, actually, where this is going to go is kind of for the competition as well. So uh, we had the leak this week of PlayStation VR 2, essentially. Not necessarily like the headset itself. We haven't seen it. But we had a leak of the different specs. And so uh, the notes I have here from the article that we – or the the story we worked on was that uh, it's going to be a 4,000 by 2,040 resolution – uh, total for the screens, so 2,000 by 2,040 per eye. We've got um, we've got foveated rendering with eye tracking. We've also got haptic feedback built into the headset as well too. Um, we've already seen the controllers, which look like they are the spawn of an Oculus Rift controller and one of the more recent Valve Index controllers, mm-hmm. um, at least in regards to the way they track things too. So, given that. PlayStation is has been, you know, they've they've been making all these different partnerships, of course. You know, they've been investing money into the different companies and that without actually acquiring them. Mm-hmm. And of course, we talked about that as being a strategy instead of buying them compared to Microsoft, who's just soaking these people up. But where Sony's really taken the next leap ahead of of uh some of these other companies anyway, really looking at Microsoft and Nintendo being hardware manufacturers, is that they have actually embraced VR. Uh, Microsoft's effort towards VR has only really been, um, augmented reality. And then of course they've got the windows, um, HMDs, the head mounted displays, which are more of kind of like their, uh, they're more handling like the software kind of stuff when the other companies build the hardware. Uh, and then of course with Nintendo, 
uh, all we've seen are some patents that go around about potentially being able to slot like the uh, the switch into a adapter Cardboard of some box. Type. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Labo. Because Labo, yeah. I think, didn't did Labo actually have one of those setups? It did. Yeah. Where you actually slid it in and kind of yeah, used it as like a VR you headset. You actually had to hold it in front of your face and hold it against your eyes. You had to hold the cardboard against your face. Man, a three hundred and fifty dollar viewfinder or a viewmaster. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. So, kind of going into what Sony's been doing here on the VR side of things is that they really seem like they're taking the proper leap to move ahead, and I wonder. What you think about that, Kyle, being a PlayStation VR uh, headset owner, the first-gen headset, and, of course, looking into investing into other VR stuff as well, is mm-hmm. um, is Sony making the right call with this? Do you think that the other hardware manufacturers should be joining in with them on this, too, to be kind of like upping the competition? Do you think VR is not there yet for them to even consider it? Um, what's your take on it being the owner of a first-gen headset? And how things are kind of progressing. So for Nintendo, it's off the table. I, I think the the thing with Nintendo that they're really holding on to is the NFC technology with the Toys to Life and the collectability in the Toys to Life. Because it's Nintendo. They're a collectible company. That's how they started. Um, for, for Microsoft... It, it's hard to see what what their future of VR would be. Um, even if they were to to do anything, I think we're we're probably two years out for Microsoft to be looking at VR. Where Sony is going right now, um, I look at where uh, the new hardware is going with the uh, what is it the new Vive and Pro Two or uh, is, is it the Pro? I 2? think it's. I think it's the Focus Pro, I think is what they call That's their their standalone headset. And then the the Pro is the more like prosumer enterprise grade headset. Okay. Well, I, I, I look at, you know, where those headsets are at. And yeah, one, one of them is going to be, you know, a gaming headset. So, and I look at where Sony's at and I'm like, well, you know, comparatively, Comparatively, where some of the other mar- uh, headsets are on the market, where you know your your Oculus Quest, where it, it's a three hundred dollar headset, it feels like a three hundred dollar headset when you put it on. Um, that doesn't say necessarily mean it's cheap, but you don't feel the uh, you, you don't get the uh, type of sense that you would out of like the HTC headset, out of the uh, the valve index and sony is really trying to move in on the the market that those guys have but they're they're trying to bring it to you at a price point at where you can get the uh quest 2 so i mean you've you're already halfway there with the console they're trying to bring you that that heavy heavy pc level hardware not just beat saber not just you know vader immortal they they want you know the full length games that you can play on VR. And I think they're doing a really fair job and a really good job bringing it to you at a good price point, honestly. So with, with the entry point to actually getting something VR related, um, you're talking that the current PlayStation VR headset costs around the same price as an Oculus quest Two, right? About two ninety nine for the headset. Is that yeah, right? Well, and I, like I, I will new? say, yeah, yeah, it does cost like two ninety nine, but I I will say the that generation does feel outdated at this point. But the headset market is moving way fast, um, comparatively to you know to the console market. I mean, we're already talking. You know, just just a couple years ago, it was really cool that we were finally getting ten eighty p screens, or uh, you know, ten eighty display in the headset and now we're already talking about 5k display on the new htc headsets yeah which and, those are even out before this one is before this new one is yeah and this one's supposed to have what would equate to a 4k display right which 
in reality, I mean, with the way your eyes are going to bring the picture together and everything's going to work out, it is going to be 4K. I mean, you're not going right. to be playing a VR game with like, you know, one eye covered. It, it's going to be both because obviously you need to get your distances. You've got your See, perspectives now, to work on. There, there's a lot there. If I'm not mistaken, the original uh, PlayStation headset might have been uh, 720p. Hmm. That's definitely low. I mean, that's definitely more like I getting don't know. into like your I can, original I can like Oculus. Yeah, I, I can definitely see some like hard edges and you know some some pixelization on edges that that just shouldn't be there um, on certain games. So that that's kind of what I'm going off of. But okay, I don't know. I I I think what PlayStation is doing is really smart. Um, I'm really hoping that they do as fantastic a job as I, I think it's HTC that's really got a stranglehold. Well, besides Oculus right now, those two really have a stranglehold on the market of the, uh, what is it? The, the outward cameras where it's all on the headset. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, if, if they can do something like that with a PlayStation headset, Oh man. That would be a game changer. Right. And that's what it looks like they're going to be doing here is that it won't necessarily require the what, what is now formerly the PlayStation Eye, but it's now just the, the, the right. camera. And it I, I is think... going to be built in the headset, at least so far from what we've heard with the new controllers that they've shown off. See, and I, I think I, I guess the way I should have phrased it is I, I guess the uh... – degree of fine tunement that the uh the that the quest has that the uh htc heads headsets have on their outward facing cameras uh, i gotcha okay yeah. so it's not necessarily a lack of it it's more of a refinement of it right right okay now given that the only way a vr headset is going to be successful are the software titles that actually go with it the actual games that go with it um, obviously, of course, VR on PC has a vast library of games you can play. Of course, I mean, there's only really so many that people are actually like playing on there regularly. I mean, Beat Saber is one that you always see people playing. And of course, it's already on PSVR. Um, but you've got stuff that's that's still exclusive that has not made its way to other VR headsets either. Like you've got Half-Life Alex, which is technically a PC exclusive, but I mean, you can play it technically with any VR headset that you have. Um, but then you've also got the new Medal of Honor game that is an exclusive and strictly exclusive to the Oculus platform because that was done in tandem with, I think they said that was done in tandem with Respawn and with, um, with oculus to actually make that a full-fledged single-player experience like you know they were trying to make their own uh, basically half-life alex in, in that way you know mm -hmm. a good story game there in full vr well it's, it's at, funny uh, that you mentioned half-life alex though and we're talking about playstation because mm -hmm. recently gabe newell was talking at a college in auckland new zealand and he threw down that quote that you know here in the next year, you'll see what if what we have to say about consoles, and it's like, is that just Gabe being Gabe, or is that you know is that him maybe leaning into something that we've seen before because he's partnered with consoles briefly, very briefly, but briefly before, and actually most of the time it's been with the PlayStation. I mean, yeah, think and about it's. They put Half-Life, yeah. the original, on PS2. They uh, they had a Steam tie-in on PS3. And that was the first console to, to be able to communicate with your Steam friends and stuff from your console. That's true. And I, I got to look at, of course, on the, on the inverse, on the negative side anyway, is that Steam Box. Mm -hmm. And their attempts at Steam Link with an actual dedicated um, box that you'd put up there to be able to link to your computer to be able to stream games from there to your TV within the home. Um, and then st the Steam machines, of course, it, even yeah. going out that way as well, the, the partnerships with the PC makers to actually make uh, 
essentially steam consoles in one way or another. There's definitely some sides that Valve seems to have had it right, and there are some places that they seem to definitely have it wrong. I mean, that's going to be every company anyway. Um, but where they've definitely been successful at is in the VR side of things, and that's where I could see mm-hmm. them exactly like you you were saying there and alluding to is that maybe they are finally realizing that the way for us to branch out and with how much emphasis we've been putting on VR is that we need to really reach out to consoles. And the only console manufacturer doing anything with VR is Sony. The and, PlayStation's the only one, so it makes sense. You know, why not? Why not get Half Life Alex out there? I mean, I I want to play it. Of course, I'm gonna buy the uh, the PC headset to play it because I'm a lunatic and I I built a whole PC <laughs> just to play one game. It looks like now. <laughs> oh God, yeah, and that game is Titanfall too. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, no, we. Uh, We are both in the same boat on that one, is that my rig can definitely handle VR games without any problem. However, I don't own a VR headset. I haven't really settled on what I want for that. And I would think that as someone that owns a console and a gaming PC, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. of course, I've got the Xbox Series X. I don't want to say unfortunate. I do like my Series X. But I don't have a VR headset for that unless Microsoft somehow opens up VR compatibility with existing PC headsets and allows those to integrate. What I look at is the cross compatibility between things though, is that if I had a PlayStation five and could play VR games on there, I would want to be able to take that VR headset and be able to plug it into my PC and get a PC VR experience, at least too, you know, for, for roughly, you know, the, the same price. So that way I, I double the value at least of my headset that I can use it in either spot. So maybe like, say my place, like if I had a PlayStation five, let's say that's out of commission for some reason, or like the kids are using it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I could be down here and play a VR game may not be a PlayStation VR game, but at least it is a VR game that I can play. Do you think with what they're changing here with the, PlayStation VR 2, especially because um, what we didn't mention is one of the new features is that uh, it looks like they're going to go to a single USB Type-C cable for connectivity to the PlayStation mm-hmm. 5 instead of the clunky pass-through HDMI box. Um, do you see Sony potentially jumping that gap and saying, we are going to offer drivers to allow this to work on a PC? Do you see them potentially doing that to open up their market share a bit in VR? Or do you see them really holding back specifically with PlayStation? Honest answer, no. I see them holding back and keeping it to the PlayStation, um, especially with their kind of attitude towards the the whole culture right now. Um, You know, it's, well, if they want it, they'll, they'll just buy it. And if it breaks, they'll buy a new one. And when a new one comes out, they'll buy that one too. That that's kind of what I feel like Sony is kind of their their attitude has been in the last few years. And that I think is that okay, I can see that. I just it would seem like for some companies, especially like looking at Sony who are trying to branch out because not everybody can buy a PlayStation 5 right now. Mm -hmm. And if not everybody can buy a PlayStation 5, not everybody's going to buy a PlayStation VR 2. And if everybody can't buy a PlayStation VR 2, then that means you're going to have all these headsets sitting on the shelves collecting dust because I can't imagine... And maybe you might think differently on this, but I can't imagine them offering backwards compatibility and some sort of adapter box that's going to allow this to plug in to the PlayStation 4. Oh, I, I don't see I it. don't think so. No, that won't no. happen. But I don't know. I v, VR is, is, is such a, a weird subject because it, it is one of those things, like I said, the landscape of it changes so frequently that you know, you, you, you talk about one thing with it and it, it's changed tomorrow. That's true because like, you know, we were getting ready to write up this story here on the PlayStation VR and, you know, we're talking a little bit more about it. And then you drop the news. It's like, did you know they announced new HTC headsets? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? You know, and, and for the global chip shortage and the pandemic right now for, you know, you can't stop a company from announcing new hardware, but it also kind of like gets there. It's like, how are they able to actually build any of these? And 
it's also the technology. Like you said, it's like everything mm-hmm. is moving so quick. So they have to continue to keep up with it, though, too. Uh, does that mean, though, that with how fast the VR stuff is actually moving, do you think that Sony might end up actually getting left in the dust on some of this with VR? Or do you think they still have a good fighting chance? Because you even said it yourself, is that the new Vive Pro and the Vive Focus Pro uh, that are, I believe, having just been released, mm-hmm. are going to have 5K resolution built into them, whereas the um, the PlayStation VR 2 is going to have only 4K. But the bigger difference between them is that the Vive Pro, and this is another one of those stat, uh, statistics or um, features I didn't mention, excuse me, not statistic. The feature that I didn't mention, though, that was also talked about in that article was, I think they were saying... 120 hertz um, refresh rate for the PSVR 2, which is going to be the same as the Vive Pro, but the Focus mm-hmm. Pro is only going to have 90 hertz refresh rate, which 90 hertz is, I think, not necessarily the minimum that they recommend for people to have a better kind of immersive experience. Right. Um, but, you know, at least they're going to be there with the 4K. But again, on the resolution side of things, you know, are we going to see another headset announced from Oculus here soon that's going to have 5K in the 120 hertz? Are we going to see another refresh of the the Valve Index? Uh, is someone else going to jump into the foray with a new VR headset that blows all these out of water? I mean, hell, there's even like the HP Reverb that's a really good VR headset. And that's one I mm-hmm. even considered getting for the high resolution, but it's also very expensive. Right. Do you think Sony is going to be in a good spot, though, that by the time this releases, that it may have ended up being blown out of the water by everything else? I don't think so, because that, that's one of the things that I, I was trying to go back to, um, is the the price point. They're, they're going to be affordable. Um, it might be more expensive than your Quest 2, but it's definitely going to be less expensive than your, your Index, than your HP, than, you know your all your other headsets even if they were to make newer headsets um they might be a little bit better but they're still going to be more expensive and you think about it doesn't doesn't oculus still have a line that that's actually more expensive um oculus hasn't really released anything above the rift has been discontinued because oh i get it's because they released the it's because they released the Quest Link cable that allows you to plug in a USB Type-C to USB Type-C oh. in your computer. So it effectively has eliminated what the Rift was even needed for in the first place. It, it basically obsoleted itself. So See, and the one like thing a, that, that was a big hang-up with me for the the Oculus is you have to be logged into Facebook in order to even play it. That's the other part, too, that puts off a lot of people. And I'm trying to actually so. see here, like, a list of VR headsets that are still out right now. But I th- uh, I know. think if there was a company to offer cross-compatibility, um, at least up front, uh, between console and PC, it's it's going to be Microsoft because they, they have that stranglehold with the Game Pass. They're gonna. They'll put VR games at least one or two, probably five or ten, on Game Pass just so people can play them. Hmm. Right. I'm trying to but, see other, like, what other like VR know, that... stuff we have here. Like I'm just trying to look through the list here just to see what there is, because it's mm-hmm. like I want to see what there is not necessarily like coming out per se i just i'm trying to find the actual list here of of things i don't want early vr tethered vr um yeah just trying to find a really like good list of things here it's just a pain in the absolute ass uh but uh, but anyway we can go on and on about that but are you going to be one of those Who's going to, once you can secure a PlayStation 5, because I know that's the first console you were really looking at getting in this mm-hmm. new generation, are you going to be one of those who's going to snag a new PSVR uh, potentially day one? Or are you going to put more of the emphasis on VR for your PC first? You know, I I think I would be more of a PC VR guy. Um, regardless of which way you go, 
there there's always a mess and hassle with VR and it's just kind of where where do you want to keep the mess do you want it do you want that mess to be with your computer or do you want it to be part of your PlayStation <laughs> you know that's that's very true that's very true and and I think that as you were saying of course you know the Oculus requires you to log into Facebook which does put some people off mm-hmm. um and then everything else is still just expensive as hell i mean a reverb uh the ht or the hp your reverb gen 2 i think is like 650 bucks the valve index with like everything that you need which is not just the headset but the controllers and the base stations is about 1100 dollars. the new vive pro with controllers the base stations the headset is 1400 dollars. i think the the Focus Pro, which is the standalone, like the Quest, Oculus Quest competitor, is just about the same price too. Um, and and VR headset so, market changes like every two years, three years ish. It's not like a regular console generation or even a regular like cell phone or or tech generation. It just evolves so quickly because the tech's already there. It's just implementing it in a way that is more form factor, you know, is more comfortable, you know, how can we get more into less? True. And that's one of those things that I see as a consumer, like how long it takes for them to go and release new things, you know, and, and where is it worth it to actually start? Right. Um, because when, when I, do you dip your toes in? When do you throw the yeah. thousand bucks away? Exactly, because like for me, where I see a value in a VR headset right now is is not necessarily the litany of like actual like true VR games, but one of those that I really want to put more time and effort into right now is Flight Simulator, and mm. they only just added VR support for that, I think, at the end of this last year, and so to be able to have my yoke and my throttle control here and actually have a headset on and be able to look around like oh, the inside cool. of the cockpit while I'm flying – that's something I'd look forward to, you know, Beat Saber, one of those things I want to try, but oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's where do I actually jump in because that's a big investment. And I mean, mm-hmm. at least you could do more with it. I don't just have to get the VR headset and then use it just for flight sim. I can go buy other VR games. I can use it to just, you know, I could do a whole VR desktop if I wanted to, instead of just using my monitors, I could do all that. But yeah, it's just trying to figure out, it's like, how much money am I willing to spend? What do I need? How new is the tech? What's the refresh cycle between every headset when they release a new one or at least plan to release a new one? Uh, and then what's the extended value on it, though, once that new headset also releases? Like, what do I lose with that new one coming out? Like, the additional support, the the access, uh, excuse me, the access to certain things. That's, that's one of those things I look at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same with, like, upgrading my computer we've talked about this a couple times that i um am running on a first gen ryzen motherboard and Mm. a second gen ryzen cpu i need to or well more like zen plus but i need to do an upgrade on those two and of course there's always this always the things coming out like oh here's the next processor that's coming out here's these here and i i always get sucked up into the news and the reviews it's like "Ah, i need to go do that and then i end up not buying it and i still end up sitting around waiting and just banging my head against the wall so it's a constant struggle with adhd to just keep your eyes focused on the prize i mean it it could be worse you know you could just jump and then settle on things and then six months later when the the things you wanted become available you just buy them anyway God, to have that kind of disposable income and do stuff like that. I can't go uh, buy 18 that, Devolver Digital games every day, Kyle. That, that, that involved lots of saving, lots and lots of saving in order to do, be able to do that for the specifically the computer. You know? Oh, I get you. No, trust me. I 100% get you. I 100% get you there. Uh, just yeah that was years of saving so yeah oh i i understand i really do i mean like my pc here is one i got for a steal like the guy had built a whole brand new one for himself and these all parts were still like 
only like four months old and the guy was selling it for 750 bucks, but everything that was in it was like $1,200. So I went and bought it from him. And ever since then, it's been the upgrade to the Ram, new graphics card, additional hard drives and solid state drives and uh, CPU upgrade. Right. So, you know, I've definitely done enough with it. But again, going back on the VR side of things, though, is that I look at it anyway, though, too, and that even if I do save up, there's still so many options out there. And I'm also a tactile person. I want to be able to hold the headset. I want to be able to feel its weight in my hands. I want to feel its weight in my head. There's no places like that to do that. You can't just go to a Best Buy and do that. I mean, at least like Right. right now, you probably shouldn't. But they did have an Oculus Quest demo there. I've tried the demo out. I, that's where I tried PlayStation VR for the first time was at a Best Buy because they were going around showing it off before they released it. It's the same thing there. It's just also the, it's the, the actual physical experience before buying something. See, and I've talked before that I really, really want to get the Index. Uh, I, you know, I, I think part of it is I am kind of a Valve fanboy, but it's... It's one of those things. I I wanted to get it, and then there was the block of, well, what if I get the headset, and I just absolutely hate it? Like, what what if it's uncomfortable to play for more than twenty minutes? I what if I want to you know sit down and play something like Arizona Sunshine, where you know it's a first person shooter. If I get involved, I might want to play it for like two hours, but all of a sudden I can't because. I've got an uncomfortable headset that I paid a thousand dollars or, you know, $1,400 for, you know? Right. And I even, I considered an Oculus quest two and I considered it with the combo battery pack, like the, the enhanced battery pack and mm-hmm. the, the bigger, um, straps or the, the, the bigger, yeah, the bigger mount. So that way it, it kind of goes down a little bit lower towards like the base of your skull and also has the extra battery in it for longer play time when you're playing wirelessly. Right. It's it's one of those things that, yeah, exactly. It's like the comfortability also has to be a big thing. Because if you are going to wear it, like Flight Simulator being the game I really want to play it with, is if I'm going to do a long-haul flight, like let's say I'm going to fly from Los Angeles to New York, um, I don't want a headset that you know I'm going to have to wear for five hours that feels like it's breaking my neck. I want something that offers um, at least a little bit more on the comfortable side. You know, I don't want to have to sit there with one hand on the yoke and and holding it here just to give my neck a break. Well, and, you know, like we were saying, they are coming out with with more games that are full length. I mean, I I don't know if it's out yet. It probably is. I think it launched this right after the announcement. But Resident Evil 4 is is or is coming out. Um, in VR, how many people are yeah. going to pick that up? That you know, that's a classic at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think Oculus has had it right so far because I remember when Brandon got his mm-hmm. um, back in 2019, and then a guy I work with also picked one up too, and they both by far said they were their favorite headsets that they've ever used because uh, the guy I work with also had an original HTC Vive, so of course he knew the he knew the issues with like weight and stuff anyway. But right. he said wearing the Quest, it's like he could go a solid two hours, I think with like a four-hour battery life on it. And he didn't really feel co- uncomfortable at anything. Um, he had a little bit of this the disorientation because he was so used to the weight of the Vive. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's like you, you get your you get in that mindset that this is going to weigh this much. So you kind of like compensate with your body this way. And he kind of had to figure that out a bit more. Uh, but... Yeah, he said at least they had that down, the the actual weight part figured out, so it didn't feel like that much of a burden. But oh, yeah. two hours of wearing it and not feeling much versus four to six hours of it for people who especially binge on playing games and play, the especially, yeah, with more immersive, more story-based games that might drag out mm-hmm. um, 15 to 30 hours. Yeah, you're going to need something there to be able to, to set that up or... I hate to say it. I hate to be one of those people too, or force the headset to require some sort of mandatory break in there, some sort of safety feature in there that that pauses the game and says, you need to take this thing off for like 20 minutes, go stretch out and go relax. You know, because you've got got a whole hacker community shaking their fingers at you right now. (laughs) I I know. I know. I'm just, (laughs) I know. I'm just as 
looking at it, looking at it objectively, of course, as a consumer, and of course, also looking at it from the potential problems on a legal standpoint anyway, too, Mm -hmm. you know, the addictiveness of things, it's just stuff to address though as well. But, you know, each person's their own. I mean, there was the guy who wore the VR headset and died because he tripped, fell, hit his head on a table, didn't realize he was bleeding to death and kept playing VR until he died. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Didn't that realize was he was bleeding to death. <laughs> he didn't know. He actually he actually fell. He smacked the back of his head, I think about here. He felt the blood, but he felt it, it was very little. But because of whatever it was that he was playing was so active, his blood was pumping like mad. And so he literally just bled out, like pushing out all that blood. And then when he oh, passed wow. out, landed on the ground, he just made it worse. So, yes, yeah, someone oh, has man. died from that, too. But anyway, but I wanted to get your thoughts, though, Kyle, on as a playstation vr headset owner on where you think playstation is going to be at with this if they were making the good decisions and from what you've said so far it sounds like playstation's in a good spot microsoft might be a couple years off and nintendo is an absolute hell no on that right now yeah 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 that 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 was the long-winded answer but yeah yeah (laughs) tldr PSVR good everyone else we don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah (laughs) well that's really it then for our episode this week. Um, yeah, that was some fun stuff there, wasn't it, Kyle? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, so it's been a minute since we've had a had a good uh, VR conversation, and you know, like like we were saying, it, it's it's a tremendously fast changing landscape, and it's one that it's kind of cool to keep up on. You know what what they yeah. change and where they're going. Um, yeah, I. I really am excited to see the uh, PSVR 2, but that also makes me excited to see what's in the future. Same here. Same here. And, of course, with all that, that's it for us this week, guys. Uh, That was episode 134, I think, is what we were on here with this one. I didn't get to say it at the beginning, so I'll say it here at the end. Oh, I think Uh, you did, actually. (laughs) Maybe I did. I don't freaking remember. Um, all the, all the VR stuff has got me all jumbled anyway, as I think about which headset I really want to buy. But with that, thanks everybody for joining us on this week's episode. If you are listening to us, of course, you must really like what you're hearing. So to make sure you can continue to hear all of this and more, you want to make sure that you're following us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or all of the other ones out there. Just go and search for the NPCs podcast on Google, and every single platform we're on actually shows up on there. It's pretty neat to actually see. So be sure to go on that and subscribe to us. Um, Of course, we've also got the news that we're doing, too, every Friday. Uh, Check that out, 8 p.m. Mountain Time, where Kyle and I are going back through the news again. Of course, we've also got the other podcast we're supporting with OpenCritic.com. If you want to go subscribe to that, that podcast becomes available every Friday morning. It's a really good one that we're doing there. I think we're having a lot of fun with it as well, too. Um, And, of course, we apologize on the actual content, though, that hasn't been coming out. But uh, we will have some internal discussions and some internal bouts and figure out what we need to do there. But in the meantime, we will catch you guys all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.